Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, the Herd Nerds, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week, so keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can find us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. And uh, be sure and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting network. Be sure to share the content and links with your friends so we can continue to grow this audience of listeners around herd fandom. Uh, We we continue to uh, just get bigger and bigger every week. And we can't thank you enough for tuning in and listening, continuing to download and subscribe and rate and review the show. We really like it. We really love it. A uh, little bit of a switch up this week. Russ is on a much-needed vacation, so I have made a call to the bullpen. An old friend of mine, former podcast partner for, God, three years, I think, you were on the show, maybe four years. I don't know. It was a long time. Four? Four years. Dang. Uh, Trace Johnson is going to join me, so those of you that have listened to our previous endeavors will recognize Trace's voice, a very knowledgeable Herd fan, and just an all-around kick-ass guy, so we'll bring him in here in a minute. But right now, let's get a word from our sponsors, 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. Matt and Jason are experienced injury lawyers in Huntington who have helped many people just like you with claims throughout West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. Car wrecks, truck wrecks, and injury claims aren't just something they do, it's what they do. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Trace, it's great to have you back. We're getting the band back together for a week, and this may turn into something that we do a couple of times a year because uh, you have great insight on things, and I really like the point of view that you bring. So, you know, this is something that we will potentially, hopefully, be able to do a number of times throughout the year while we uh, do the Thundercast. But, man, it's just great to have you here. Trace Johnson, Um Find him on Twitter at TraceJohnson94, and uh, you can follow him as his, his Marshall-centric, I guess, yeah. account, the Thunder, the, the Herd Zone, at the Herd Zone. Um, but Trace, yeah. it's, it's been a long time. It seems like a long time, you know, and, and um, it's good to have you back on the mic with me to do this episode. So uh, welcome to the Thundercast, my friend. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, it's been, well, since the end of the football season. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been long enough in its own right. There's been a heck of a lot, heck of a lot going on since then. But, yeah, I'm excited to get back on on the airwaves here. <laughs> well, we've got some news to talk about, some things that you kind of sort of feel strongly about that you'll get to have some hard opinions on finally. And I'll, uh, you know, direct like the conversation that way. I know you're going to like to air some grievances a little bit to a certain extent we'll see how the conversation goes off the rails (laughs) um, let's start the show like we always do just because russ isn't here doesn't mean we're going to give you five things that every herd fan needs to know that'll just be my job this week so here are five things every herd fan needs to know this week brought to you by ignite link the tri-state's premier it management team um i said russ (laughs) trace number one uh herd sprinter ashanti warner's season finishes in the quarterfinals of the 400 meter hurdles in the east regional of the ncaa outdoor track and field championships so she uh 
made it to the second day, I guess you would say, of of the uh, of the uh, East Regionals, and uh, season came to a close. She ran a great time, fifty eight point nine three seconds. But the big point here is. She's the last herd athlete to compete in the conference US era, a conference USA era. So that means the book is closed on herd athletics as far as a competition standpoint in conference USA. So how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, I mean, what a what a well, seven, 17 years or so it's been. I mean, it's been a wild ride, that's for sure. Uh, you know, from top to bottom, all different athletic programs have had their moments you know their their successes their trials tribulations all everything in between like there's been a lot that's happened in the Marshall Marshall Conference USA era I mean if you want to just look at you know the big the major basketball and football I mean they've had a lot of moments they've had a lot of a lot of moments in the sun so to speak you know I mean a lot of different things soccer of course I mean can't really get much better than that uh what they did a couple years ago so I mean there's been a lot of it's been a it's been a wild ride. I mean, some thought it probably should have ended sooner than it did. You know, a lot of people haven't been real happy with Marshall's status in Conference USA over the last few years. Ever since you know realignment and all that, people haven't really looked too positively on the conference. But you know, it was a nice home for Marshall for a long time, and you know, it's probably the longest they've. I don't know this off the top of my head, but it's got to be one of, if not the longest they've ever been in a conference consecutively i mean it's got to be up there so like you know they made a home for themselves they they uh, carved out a nice little you know reputation within the conference usa circles and everything so you know for all the crap and all the the issues that the you know leadership and management and whatever within the conference you can't say marshall didn't have a big impact on the conference so i think they can at least go away with that yeah i think that's uh pretty well put i mean there were decisions made that were out of the control of the herd that yeah. didn't do really much to help the prestige level of conference USA throughout the years. But uh, you know, when Marshall joined the conference USA, it really looked like a step up based on the teams that were there. And you're thinking, great, you know, this is just yeah. the next, the next step in the trajectory of the herd. And, you know, it, it went well for a while. I mean, Marshall wasn't uber successful when, uh, when the, former conference USA was around, but they were dealing with some things. They were dealing with some NCA sanctions and scholarship limits and that kind of stuff. And, you know, they were kind of behind the eight ball just a little bit. And then, like you said, the big realignment came and we've talked about it a lot. Uh, the decisions of conference USA, not just on this uh, podcast, but as fans, you know, and uh, the, the, some of the decisions they made and teams and programs that they went after were, in retrospect now, not a good choice, you know, because Marshall's now leaving to go join a lot of those uh, athletic programs that they uh, could have brought in in 2013-14. So here we are. For, for all it was, it was very up and down. You're right. Yeah. But they really tried to close it out with um, – I, I mean, you can't really call it anything else but a flash and a splash. I mean, 2020 National Championship in soccer, a really high-profile, exciting hire, and, and Charles Huff breathing new life back into the football program. Um, for a lot of fans, not that the football program was on life support uh, by any means, but I'm saying like it, it gave a breath of fresh air to a lot yeah. of the fans, energized those uh, some fans again and brought some excitement around the program for a lot of people again, change at the uh, top of the athletic department, you know, and uh, at the top of the university. So a lot of big change and, you know, um, 
peace out, Judy. I mean, that's about yeah. all you can say. Yeah. <laughs> Take it easy. Um, number two on the five things you need to know this week, Marshall's Aviation Maintenance Technology Program will hold an open house on June 4th at 1130 a.m. at Huntington Tri-State Airport. This event's going to be open to the general public. All you need to do is uh, RSVP by emailing uh, Julian Thigpen at thigpen1 at marshall.edu, the number one, not the word one. Um, They're going to have hangar tours, info on the MU Aviation programs, aircrafts will be on display, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I think that's pretty cool, Trace. You know, we've seen some new programs put in over the last, I don't know, I just, I'm just going to toss out decade because uh, it's, we've seen the, um, you know, the, the, the pharmaceutical school go into effect. The, you, they've got engineering schools, um, the, the um, cybersecurity, and now the aviation school. I mean, what do you think about the, this movement, the, this new thing? Because um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know, you know, when you were coming out of high school and you were looking at Marshall, uh, what things like made your eyebrows raise up and go, oh, that's what I want to do, you know, because there wasn't too much of that flashy type stuff. Yeah, they had the med school here when I was coming out of high school, but these are kind of new creative careers. I mean, not that pharmaceuticals is new and creative, but it's, it's a high dollar career. It's a good paying career. It's the type of career that people turn into, you know, hopefully big, big donors later down the road in life. So, what do you think about things like the aviation program being added at Marshall, cybersecurity and stuff like that? I think it's, I mean, I think it's awesome because I mean, Marshall needs, needs to try to raise their profile as much as possible. I mean, that's just like, that's what the, the status of, you know, college sports, not just sports, but colleges and universities, period. I mean, you have to, you know, adapt and you have to keep adding and keep, you know, making yourself, and a lot of people would not want to go to Marshall or somewhere else just because they don't have a certain type of schooling for them. Like, so like now if they have all these extra things there that some other schools have had for years, but now they're just new to Marshall then that'll make more people want to go to Marshall. And it just kind of is like a trickle down effect. And, you know, what? I, now for me, when I, you know, it, there was never really any, anything that I, <laughs> there was never, it was pretty easy to go to Marshall because I was already a, huge fan as it was so it's not like i had to say well they they don't have this or that like i was just gonna go anyways like that's pretty much you know what i mean like that's pretty much where i was and they have you know a really great journalism school that's what my degree is and you know everybody you hear a lot about marshall journalism school and like for a good reason it's top notch and you know that's great and all but like yeah like there's been a lot of things i remember even being on campus a lot of stuff they were building back at that time so like 20 12 13 whatever like you know they were building a lot of stuff and now a lot of that stuff is established and it's awesome and like you know that's what they just had to keep doing and you know you got a new university president in there so you know he's going to have big visions so just got to keep raising marshall's profile that's really what it's about and that's going to be beneficial for everybody involved the university the town the students the staff etc so it's good. It's good all over. It's good all the way around for me. It's just nice to see that they're, you know, putting the career programs in place that are going to move for the next generation of worker, the, the next generation of professional, you know, like there, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, it's vital that we have things like teachers and nurses and stuff like that. But there are a lot of, you know, places you can go get a teaching degree and a lot of places you can go and get a nursing degree and stuff like that. So that doesn't really differentiate you from you know, A, B, and C that potential students are looking at, but there's not a lot of schools around that'll have a school of aviation. 
You know what I mean? No. That's that's cool. Um, and you know, Marshall has got this cybersecurity thing. They're like top twenty, top twenty-five in the nation for that, which I had no clue about until I <laughs> saw that in passing in an article. And uh, you know, their forensics programs, the crime scene investigation, and stuff like that is tops in the country. I mean, these look these programs that you know when I was coming out of high school were just not available at Marshall, and you really wouldn't think like that they would be a top dog in something like that yet yeah. here we are you know so and i said it before you know you you produce these type of people that go out and, and work these jobs and by and large they're higher paying jobs and that hopefully turns into uh bigger donors for the university that be bigger boosters for the athletic programs i mean it's uh it's what you have to do and and you mentioned um you know new university president brad smith you know that there's a huge emphasis there on business so you would yeah. like to think that as good as Marshall School of Business is, it's going to take an exponential step forward under his tutelage and leadership and the investments that will be made into those programs. So um, if you're interested in Marshall's aviation program and uh, specifically the aviation maintenance technology program, be sure and email Julian Thigpen again at thigpen one at marshall.edu to RSVP to the open house. Once again, June 4th at 1130 AM at Huntington Tri-State Airport. That's just pretty cool, man. I think that'd be a cool it thing is. to check out. All right, let's get back to some athletic type stuff. Number three, quarterback Henry Columbia is now officially part of the Marshall University football program after completing his degree from Texas Tech. Had to set out the spring, could watch from afar, was taking classes <clears throat> online while in Huntington. Uh, so he was in and around the program, couldn't participate, but he was uh, getting that um, FaceTime with the coaches and the guys and, you know, in uh, mingling, be becoming one of the boys, so to speak, and, and getting a feel for the uh, offense and how things were going to go. So Columbia's in town. Columbia's now officially a part of the roster. Easily the biggest question mark surrounding Marshall football this season. Um, what do you think about this you know, still got plenty to earn, to, uh, earn, you know, nothing given everything earned, but he's now officially a part of the program. What do you think? Well, he's definitely going to earn QB one, but I think that he is the odds on favorite right now for sure. I mean, it's really him or several really young guys that probably don't even need to be playing at all this year. Are they borrowing? Well, I mean, enough to not burn a red shirt at least. There you go. But like, you know, I mean, so like, I mean, you don't really want to throw Cole Pennington in there if game one. I mean, you, you know, you don't want that. You don't you don't want to have to put in a guy that's not ready for the moment. You know, we've seen that in the in the past. And like Henry Colombi's played a lot of football. You know, he's been in two different schools already. And he's he's had a lot of he's had a lot of success, you know, at times. And like he's played really well at Texas Tech. It's just it seems like something always you know, happened that would put him back on the sideline or whatever. But, like, I think heading into the season, he's definitely the all-on favorite to get the job. It's just a matter of him competing and showing what he can do through the offseason and getting up to that point. But, I mean, if, if he can come in there and, you know, have a really good start, you know, and come in and just pick up the slack real quick, then Marshall could be a player of, from, you know, day one in the Sunbelt, I think. A lot of people are – like, I've seen a lot of things on social media saying that Marshall could be really good this year potentially. So, we'll see. I don't know. But I think he's definitely the favorite right now. I think it's a significant hurdle that was jumped, right? Because we, we talked about 
you know, the, you get the commitment and all that's floating around on the social media. And you're like, okay, Marshall's got themselves right. a quarterback to compete. Somebody that's played and been around and been in big games and been in big situations. Um, had a couple of stops under his belt. He left Utah State after a couple of years because he was behind Jordan Love on the roster. Yeah. I mean, the guy was a first-round NFL draft pick. Well, if you want to play, I mean, you're not probably going to supplant a a, a future NFL first-round pick. Okay, so you yeah. make the move to Texas Tech, and uh, you know you play plays quite a bit, but uh, it wasn't. In, I mean, he's a great quarterback in my opinion. But when I think of Texas Tech, I mean, same thing probably with you. You think of Mike Mike Leach type offenses that are passing yeah. seventy times a game, and that just didn't feel like what he was that doesn't you know, not Graham Harrell you know what I mean so no um good skill set it just wasn't what I thought traditionally for Texas Tech football you know it is what it is could come here and be the answer to the question um and but you're right he's the by far the most experienced by far the most battle tested and it's him yeah. or like five or six freshmen so yeah. you know QB2 you would think is the real battle and um you know again nothing gets handed to Mr. Columbia, he's still got to go out and execute and beat out uh, Cam Fancher. He's got to beat out Pete Zamora. He's got to beat out, you know, everybody else that's on the roster. So, uh, but you you, th- you would think from, you know, a knee-jerk reaction that QB2 is where the battle is. You would think yeah. it's Columbia's position to lose. But still, significant hurdle is is has been leaped because he's now officially a part of the program. It's not like, well, you committed, but you never made it to campus. Nope, he's here now. So now one more hurdle, uh, one more hurdle down. We'll see how the development and the uh, and the uh, skill set translates to what they want to do here in Huntington. But you're right. I've seen a lot about Marshall potentially being very competitive in the Sun Belt in year one. We'll see how it is. I've, I tend to think that you might as well just circle the games against Louisiana, App State, and Coastal Carolina to see how it all – basically to make or break your season. But, you know, we'll go. Yep. We'll see how it is. Number four, um, herd football actually begins in less than 100 days now, so it's time to to get those preparations in order, Trace. You need to join yeah. the Big Green if you're not a Big Green member. You need to secure those season tickets. You need to start planning your tailgate menus. And, I mean, while you're at it, you might as well subscribe to the Thundercast so you can stay on top of – Yeah, that too. <laughs> I mean, that's the most important thing. Then, after yeah. you do that, go ahead and join the Big Green and then buy your season tickets. But uh, heard football in less than 100 days. So how many of these things do you have checked off the list? You're a big green member, check. You're got yep. a you're a season ticket holder. I don't know if you've renewed yet, check. Renewed and actually changed my seats. Uh-oh, he's upgrading yep. this year, guys. Upgrading. Yeah, same price, <laughs> just a lot closer to the field than I was the last two years. Well, you're upgrading your experience then. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, as far as the tailgate menu goes, eh, you go around and see who's cooking what and just kind of – that's that's what I that's what I like to do too. <laughs> so what do you think? Heard football in less than a hundred days. How are you feeling about that? Oh, that's exciting. It it really is. I mean, I, I want now for someone that works in the school system, I'm not wanting to rush this summer by whatsoever. I get that. But but that's exciting to look forward to for the next start of the next school year and you know, the fall and the winter and you know, once it turns from August and then September, and like that's that's just like that's pretty much the only thing that'll get me through to get to that point is thinking about football season coming up and the herd getting back out there. So <laughs> exciting! You've got a you've got a mini holiday coming up in uh, on July first. You get to celebrate the official entrance into the Sun Belt, I guess. So you get a little bit of a 
a, a pick me up part of the way through. And then you get summer session football. You get to get excited about how everything's lining out and two deeps and all that kind of stuff. And, but yeah, I'm excited about it too, man. I mean, it, you know, even being a thousand miles away, you can't help but be excited with all the, the new that's going on. You know, they're, they're talking about uh, changing the, um, the Joan around a little bit and the fan experience. New turf. Yeah. New turf. They actually unveiled the uh, winning design for, Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even write that down. I know you definitely got <laughs> opinions on that. So yeah. they're going to go with the black end zones trace. Um, let's speak on that for a second. Jeez. I can't believe I <laughs> forgot about that. You're, you're, you're Mr. Uh, comment there about yeah. the incorporating the color black into the, into the Kelly green and white. So what do you think about having the black end zones? Was that the best choice? Was that your choice? That was my choice. Really? Okay. Yeah, that was my choice. I love it. You know, I, I made a funny tweet. Well, it turned out to be a funny tweet a while back and I don't remember the exact uh, age I said, but 30. I said, was it 30? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I said, if you're above the age of 30, you hate black in Marshall's uniforms. If you're under it, you love it. Yeah. And like that kind of got a little bit of attention on there and whatever, but like, uh, no, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think it looks really good. I mean, like the Kelly green end zones, I like, you know, that would have been good. I would have been perfectly happy with those two, but at the same time, like it would have been weird having two kind of different shades of green. You have the natural green turf and then the different green in the end zone. I don't know. I think the black just kind of pops more Yeah, and it makes it stand out a little bit better. And, you know, I know a lot of people are dead set against the black helmets and all that, but like, that's just going to add so much more swag to the program. Let's just be honest. That's what, that's what it's about. You know, the, you know, the fans and players and, you know, people like that and wanting those for a long time. And now they're going to get them. I don't know. They're probably just going to use them for the one game. I would imagine. Well, I would think, I mean, that's the, that's pretty much the standard, but I, I think the black end zones are sick personally. I can't wait to see them. I think it's going to look really killer on TV. And I really think, when people walk into the stadium for the home opener for the first time and they lay their eyes on the finished product, they're going to go, okay, this is pretty cool. Like yeah. The Kelly green really does pop off of the, or uh, the black does cause the turf to pop a little bit more. And if they do something a little bit different, different with the field wraps and stuff like that, the signage and banners yeah. that's been around, it's really going to look nice. They, I mean, Kelly green and, and black and white, it's just a really solid color combo. And it, if, if you do it right, it is breathtaking. And so I'm, be I'm honest, excited about the black end zones too. Yeah. I was just going to say real quick. I, and I love how the Marshall logos and all this stuff looks with the Sunbelt logos already. I yeah. think that just looks so visually just awesome. Yeah. I like that. Uh, it looks like they're incorporating what appears to be the helmet stripe, you know, cause it's a green, white, and black through the SB, yeah. SBC logo. Pretty cool. I, I will tell you this. The only thing that I was a little, you know, this was a, this was a, like a, just a wish list type thing. I really wished, I really wanted us to be able to get the idea of the 75 yard line in front of the right set of ears. And maybe that would have got added at the last moment. That would have been yeah. so cool, you know, just yeah. to have the, uh, the helmet stripe at the 75 yard line instead of uh, just standard fare. But it's pretty cool. Uh, I think it was the right choice. I think the stadium's going to look pretty sick if they do, you know, some of the other things with uh, the beer garden that they're proposing. And, you know, we've heard a lot of scuttlebutt about uh, end zone revamping. And, you know, when we had the uh, episode last week, we had uh, Stephen New on with us and we talked about the 
potentially adding suites in the end zone and, and getting rid of those bleachers and forcing those fans kind of around back to the sidelines and just improving the overall uh, hostil- yeah. hostility of the stadium. It's louder again. It's, you know, you can get a more defined we are Marshall chant going side to side instead of kind of a hodgepodge and through the end zone. You know, over a couple of years, Marshall could really revamp the Joan without having to build a whole daggone new stadium and have it look really, really nice. So, um, yeah, really, I guess we're excited for herd football in 100 days. We kind of got off of that topic, but hey, uh, it leads places. The, the, these things lead places. And and leading into that, number five thing you need to know is season, ticket, season tickets for football are on sale. We mentioned that last week. They continue to be on sale. Here's the kicker. Only two end zone sections, sections 128 and 130, are currently available on herd zone. So the entire end zone, except for those two lower sections near the hedges, uh, are grayed out. You can't buy tickets there. And I don't know what that means. I don't means that, I don't know if it means they're sold out. I wouldn't think they would be. It's like 9,000 seats. Uh, if, yeah. it is, if it is, awesome. Uh, <laughs> but uh, those are priced at uh, $135 a seat, not $99 a seat. So currently, currently, the only way you're going to get a $99 season ticket is if you buy a minimum of four seats in section 105 and use that promo code 99FAMILY. So if you're thinking, man, I just need two, call around and see if you got a buddy that also needs to get two and you guys just need yeah. to go in and get four and do that 99 family so you can get them for 99 bucks a piece so trace speculation on that what do you think is up with the fact that there is no availability in the end zone general admission section right now you're talking about the upper one i'm talking about the whole damn thing except Ooh. for sections 128 and 130 the two lower sections that are basically right across from the student section and the band just the two lowest ones everything uh-huh. from the, the concourse up and around the sides until you get to the sideline sections is grayed out. There is nothing available for purchase. So what do you think that means? Well, I, I don't usually keep up with, I never have like how, of how they sell, like how these seats sell based on the time of year or whatever. But like, and like you said, I mean, I wouldn't think that those would all be sold out by now. I mean, they just like, you know, like they're just in the renewal process. Like, it's just it seems way too premature for that. They got they got opened up to general like first time sales. If you weren't yeah. renewing to like a first time buyer or whatever, if you just whatever, or if you're renewing and just missed the minimum the deadline, um, anybody can buy now. So we're not just yeah. in renew, but to have, I mean, the end zone seats like nine thousand people, you know? Yeah. So there's no way. There's no way. That's still recent, but they did that. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that that is. Uh, that they've if they have that's amazing. I mean, utterly yeah. the, the excitement level in Huntington is far greater than what I have thought. But clearly yeah. speculate on that. What do you think that's about, though? Let's say that they didn't sell it out. What do you think it's all about? I've got a couple of theories, but what do you think? Oh gosh. I mean, could they just be like I mean, they would have to have them available, like you would think. So, like, uh, I was gonna, I mean, if they're just gonna make them general admission. Then, but you can still get season tickets in general mission, right? Like, no, you can everything. No, it's, it's like if you wanted to go to the herd zone right now and buy season tickets, everything yeah. is going to be a sideline section, right? Right, that you have to pick the seat, you know, and, and get tickets yeah. for those seats. There's the only 
thing left is 128. I don't even know if those are general admission. I think you have to, you know, buy particular seats. Uh, Yeah. The whole upper end zone area around 228 folding around and, you know, all the way around to the other side is, is grayed out unavailable. Maybe they're just, maybe they're just saying, screw it. We're not even going to put them available for season tickets. We'll just let you come and sit where you want. (laughs) I don't think that's going to be, I mean, I don't know. I've I've got a couple of theories. Here's what I think. One, one of a handful of these things are maybe a mixture of all of them, right? I think maybe they're just holding those out until later in the process to see if they can get as many sideline seats purchased as possible. Yeah. Okay. And then release the end zone later. Uh, which could be part of it. Uh, number two, I think, hey, maybe we start to see some the beginnings of some of these rumblings that have been talked about ripping the bleachers out. And no. you know, maybe they're going to work on ripping them out and, um, you know, like tarp that whole area. So it still looks good on TV. It still looks good when you're at the game. You just don't have a giant gaping hole down there. Um, maybe it uh, has to do with something with the beer garden that we've heard about type of thing maybe they will be available and part of these to be announced later mini ticket plans you know that type of thing yeah uh, it's kind of wild to not have any end zone seats available at this point that's weird at this point it's pretty it's pretty it just raises an eyebrow you're like "Hmm, i wonder what's going on there is it good or is it bad so i hope it's a little bit more than good i hope it means that we're having a you know we're, we're planning a little bit for the future and uh got some cool projects going in that end zone area um i hope so you know russ has really done a lot of research into potential suites that could go there and how many and how it would look and all that kind of stuff and it his ideas look really good man i i gotta tell you so um hopefully if they're if they're not already planning that if, if anybody ever gets to get a look at that that's a that's a decision maker they may be like hey this is, this is a good idea yeah so it's just odd to me. One thing you have to talk about. I mean, no end zone seats available currently. Hmm. Okay. Maybe they'll also be released for, you know, game day, like walk up ticket sales and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. true. But anyway, that was your five things that every herd fan needs to know this week. Uh, we're going to transition our main, I guess our main feature story. We're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about something a little fun. You know, all of the athletic department or all the athletic department teams seasons have now wound down. There's nothing more going on other than we'll be talking about camps and recruiting news when it pops up and all that kind of excuse me all that kind of stuff i've got a little bit of that in around the herd uh, as far as recruiting goes but you know we're going to talk about um a fun topic that is on the forefront of a lot of people's minds and that's the upcoming release whenever pending probably won't be till next year of the brand new ncaa football game returning to video game consoles and online play and we've talked a, a lot of times you know, people have what they want to see in the game and and uh, changes they want uh, incorporated and all that kind of stuff. So I thought it might be cool for Trace and I to burn a little time and talk about a little bit of a wish list that we might like to see incorporated in this game for all of you gamers out there. I absolutely love the NCAA football uh, 14. I thought it was a fun game. I got out of playing, you know, and then they did the revamped thing and and the online community really just – kept that game alive and made it better. I mean, made it way better. So, um, but let's talk about some of the things, Trace. Um, What would you like to see return? Well, not just return, added to um, the newly NCAA 23 or NCAA 24, whatever the year is going to be, the new game. What do you think? What's your number one thing you'd like to see added? 
well, it or seems incorporated, like it, I guess I should say. Right. No, well, I mean, they're going to, since it's been, you know, nearly a decade and there's been a lot of, a lot happened since then. I mean, the playoff format, you yeah. know, is going to be totally different. And I mean, that's, that's not really any, I mean, yeah, I want to see that, but that's not anything that is like a long shot. That's, you know, going, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be the case because I mean, obviously there's been a playoff ever since 2014. So, I mean, you know, that's going to be cool to see how that plays. And like, you know, all the, all the like dynasty modes and all that stuff is always really popular with people. I, me personally, I'm, you know, all my friends always ask, Oh, I did this and that on this dynasty mode and this and whatever. And I was, I was always one of those ones that never did that kind of stuff. I don't know why. Like, I guess it's just my, like, I just didn't, I just like doing the individual games. And then like, I was just done. Like, I don't know why. Like I never really did it, did it like real long drawn out stuff, but that I'm sure they could probably do a lot to that. Um, of course, just updating all of the, the jerseys and the different looks and the helmets and the new things. And, you know, maybe some finer details within the team stadiums and stuff. And, you know, are they going to do, I don't, are they going to, or can they do last names now? I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of all stuff that's up in the air. I'm sure that's part of the NIL world. That's what I was thinking. uh, Is because that would actually literally be name, image, and likeness. I mean, that's the name part in the name, image, and likeness. So I don't know how the legalities of all that are going to work out. If, you know, surely you wouldn't think that they would have to get permission from each individual player, but they may. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I would say That'd that. And cool, even if though. they, even if they don't, they, you've had the capability to do that. Somebody would in five seconds after the game's released oh, already yeah. has a roster made and you can just import the roster. So you could do that oh, on yeah. the old game. Um, but yeah, look, you were talking about <clears throat> uh, in, in uh, the playoff format and all that kind of stuff. Look, here's my take on that. I don't care that like that it's just going to be a playoff format. I want, customization i want to be able to make my college football world right i want to be able to run a 14 playoff if i want an 18 playoff i want to be able to run a 16 playoff if you're one of those people that believes some that believes georgia and alabama should get a bye for some reason like i don't get that but if you believe that's what it should be then you should be able to do that you should be able to make a 16 team playoff hell you should be able to bring back the bcs if you want to yeah like you should be able to create your own little college football world how you see fit as far as those things go. Um, I would really it, – it's weird. Like you, you say you just like to play the game and be done with it. I'm totally the opposite way. Like playing the game became um, like secondary to me. I would, mu- I would much rather get in recruiting battles and build my team and, you know, and raise the profile of my program and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to get immersed – in the game to where, you know, if I wanted to, I could just simulate the game and just get right next to the next week of recruiting and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I love that. That That's what I loved. So along with, with that, I guess immersion is the, is the key word for me when it comes to this game, this is a real opportunity for them to get it right. And, and uh, be, let your end user immerse themselves in the college football world a little bit more. And But number one for me, I've talked about this a number of times, I want an immersive athletic director mode, not just road to glory so I can be the player coming out of high school, not just dynasty to where I'm the coach, uh, but I want the athletic director mode. I want to be able to start a school from scratch or take over any school that's already exists 
and sort of build them up from a non-existent anything to a powerhouse by building yeah. a first of all building a stadium then expanding the stadium and in and indoor practice facilities and this and the weight room and all this kind of stuff and the locker room and like all this stuff that's important in today's game that attract prospects to your like that's what sells a program winning yes the coaches yes the players, yes, but outside of all those things being equal, let's say those are all being equal, a kid's going to be like, man, I want to look good in those uniforms. Those are slick. Right. You know, that weight room is awesome. That indoor is sweet. Like all these kind of things, you need to be able to build and expand and have and grow and all that kind of stuff. So I want to be able to control like the ticket prices to my games when my team's not that good and I'm just trying to attract fans and build a fan base. Right. And as they do better, I may raise ticket prices to, you know, uh, generate more revenue for my program so that I can expand. I want to be able to negotiate contracts for the scheduling, a home and home series or a two for one or this, that, you know, whatever. I want to be able to do that. Like all these things that exist in the, in the world to an extent, I want to be able to control that in my world. Um, if you're just a game player, if you just want to, quick play a game that's fine too you know you should be, i mean that's going to be there but for those of us that want immersed i want to i want to do that if i'm if i'm not going to run a a athletic director mode and i'm going to be a, run a dynasty as a head coach then you have to give me the ability to you know tackle more of the things that a head coach has to tackle like i need to be able to hire and fire my coordinators and my position coaches and you know things like that i need to i need to have players issues come into play like he's failing some classes he may be academically ineligible yeah. uh he he this guy wants to transfer because he he wants to be closer to home or he's you know he's just unhappy for whatever reason or i've got guys that want to transfer in or you know whatever the case may be uh, but all that kind of stuff I, I want to be able to not just say oh well my offensive coordinator got hired away i've got to find a new one and it's all like default coordinators <laughs> yeah. like, come on man like put some put some people in there that we know um i think it goes without saying trace you got to have the transfer portal right got to i mean you got to have the transfer portal so what do you think about that what do you think about the addition of the transfer portal i mean as a necessity it's there you can't not put it in the game people are like what the no. hell is this so how do you work the transfer portal how does that work in a game like this you know like Oh, man. Because we don't really know what the rules are as fans. You know, we kind of know, but we don't know what really goes on. So how do you incorporate the transfer portal, do you think? Well, you think they would set it up as just a, as a transfer? Like, you think there'd be a mode, transfer portal mode or something? And then maybe, like, well, I mean, and, and I remember on, like, all the NBA and NFL, Madden, and all the games that over the years that I've always played, you know, you can just – manually go in i don't even remember how you do it but like you can go in and like trade such and such for such and such and like you can go in and manually do it and like if you have the right you know what how i know i've done that many times like say like the let's say like one of the rosters changed mid-season in the nba or something and like the game didn't update it i would just go in and manually change it myself mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so like trading so like that i guess that philosophy could kind of – I mean, you it's not like you're trading players for a transfer portal, but, like, it's something to that effect where, like, if you want to make a guy 
a quote unquote free agent or however they want to word it. You could just put him on a certain team, whatever team he goes on or something like that. I don't know how they would do it, but it should be fun. Got to be fun. there. It's got to be there. Yeah, it's got to be there. But I think that ties into what I was saying earlier with the uh, dynasty mode and being immersive. Like if you're going to deal with player issues, right, they're going to come into play like they come into play for a, a, a real life coach. You're going to have to deal with like you play your game and then the week, you know, that follows or whatever, you're going to have to tackle what pops up that week. And, you know, it might be like such and such is considering transferring, you know, or you just get news like such and such has entered the transfer portal from other teams, you know, like maybe you set um, some position groups of interest that you want to keep an eye on as the head coach in the transfer portal. So you get a notification on your you know, your coach's iPhone or whatever it is that, you know, such and such defensive lineman from such and such school entered the transfer portal. So now he's on your radar because you are going to be looking for defensive linemen in the transfer portal, you think. So um, I don't know. I, I just think it's got to be, it's got to be there. I don't know how you accurately incorporate it, but it's got to be there. And it would be. They might not even label it as quote unquote transfer portal. Like they might just give it a different name or something. I don't know. I mean, Yep. I mean, but it's whatever you call it. I mean, how can you not call it the transfer portal? It's not like anybody's got a copyright on that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but still, it's, it's, it has to be a part of the game because, you know, in games past, your players would just transfer. And right. that was it. Like, that was the end of it. You just had to fill the roster spot. And you're like, well, hell, now I have to go recruit another guy. You couldn't really, it would tell you like, some maybe somebody transferred to your school or something. I don't even remember if people came transferred to your school. I don't remember yeah. that, but I know mm -hmm. I had guys transfer out all the time. And, um, you know, you, you make these moves, you bring somebody in, you can only have so many scholarships. So you're going to have to not renew certain, you know, scholarships of players and they're going to enter the portal and all that kind of stuff. So it's got to be a massive, massive, massive part of the recruiting game. And that's my favorite part of the whole game. I mean, it really is the recruiting. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the, 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 the uh, customization of playoff formats. And if I want to scrap the whole damn thing, bring back the BCS, I can do that. I mean, what, what, if you, if that's your world, you should do that. But you also have to go with total customization of conferences. And they had that to a certain extent in the former game. You know, you could just preseason just move Marshall to the SEC if you wanted to. Yeah. But what I what you were still locked into, however many total teams the SEC had, you couldn't raise it above or below that number, right? So you couldn't go out and create a super conference. You would just have to, you know, trade them all out and put them all in the Big Ten or whatever, you know, and that would be your super conference. But you you need total customization. You need freaking FCS teams in there too, man. Yeah, I mean you need them. They don't give me that. You know, Marshall's playing FCS East on the schedule. Like I want to know they're playing. You know, whoever New Hampshire. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean the 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 games, the technology exists now, so you can't tell me you can't incorporate these things. They need a. They're part of NCAA football too, or college football, or whatever it's called. So. Give me FCS teams. Give me the customization ability to move teams up and drop teams down. And I've talked about this before. I'll let you get your point in here in a second. But I've talked about this before, like very much like a soccer relegation. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to incorporate a mode to where teams get 
you know, constantly in flux maybe to see if that would even be a viable thing or, or how it would just play out after, say, a 20-year simulated dynasty. See who would end up where and who would be good and who would be trash. What would yeah. you like – what were you going to say? Well, you're talking about FCS. Now, I don't – I can't remember them ever doing this before. How about an F, How about the FCS playoffs? How about yeah. we have enough on there to where you can do that? I mean, yeah. you know, that's – for a lot, in a lot of ways, you know, the FCS way of doing things to crown a national champion kind of influence how the FBS decided to do it. So, like, why not incorporate that in the new game? Yeah. I mean, you got to be able to – I just will die on the hill that it's a 16-team playoff is what we should have. And we all know that it won't, really? won't occur until the money is right and all that kind of stuff. And I don't the know if it'll – right. Yeah, and I don't even know if it'll ever occur, but – I'll say it before and I'll say it again. If you want to have 16-team playoff, it's workable, it's doable. If you're thinking, oh, that's too many games, whatever, whatever, then, you know, you drop one off the schedule, okay? You yeah. drop one off the regular season schedule or, or you eliminate the conference championship games. I mean, whatever. It's there and you can do it. But 16 teams is real easy, Trace. You take the Power Five and and you they get their top two teams in. Each, con- each G5 conference champion gets in, that's 15 of the 16, yep. and then your highest-rated independent team gets in, and that's 16 teams. How much easier could that be? It could not be any easier. It's simple. It could not be any easier. So just do that for crying out loud. The last yep. thing I think you have to see, you touched on this. You mentioned uniforms. Um, I need the ability to create uniforms. I need to be able to have a home and a way and not just the default alternate one where I can have, right. you know, white pants and, and a green shirt. You know, I need right. to be able to have whatever I want. I need to be able to create whatever I want with Marshall's logos. I need to be able to, cause it's, it goes into the swag factor for when you're recruiting. It's like, Oh, you have 50 helmets and 40 jerseys. And Absolutely. You know, I mean, you can't tell me that Oregon hasn't recruited at a higher level and it has nothing to do with the fact that they've had killer uniforms over the past 15 years or whatever it is. I mean, yep. it's a huge part of what they do. So I need to be able to have customizable uniforms. I need to be able to add them. I need to be able to have uh, the team builder back again so that I can make it look like what I want to do. I think that was way ahead of its time, man. Remember that used to be a whole website. It was a separate website. You went to teambuilderwhatever.com or whatever it was, and you did all that stuff. And now the technology exists. It doesn't have to be a separate thing. If you want it to be fine, but it can integrate so much easier since everything is basically online now, you know? Um, and And the last thing I think we have to have is you have to have a commitment to the smaller schools. Everything about yeah. Alabama can't exist. Everything about Georgia can't exist. And then you just say, well, you know, we're not going to pay that much attention to the things that Marshall does. You know, right. that, that, like uh, we deserve to have our 75 week game showcased. It deserves to be a part of the game. It deserves to be, uh, you know, it's 75 week in Huntington this week, you know, and they right. and like, just like a broadcast would. And they talk about it for a second. And the guys come out and, you know, the black uniforms and all that kind of stuff. You need to do that for these smaller schools too, because we're still money paying fans that want to see the things for our teams. Like I don't give, I don't care that, you know, they run the Buffalo out in Colorado. Don't care. I don't care that Oklahoma has a sooner schooner. Don't care. That tips over. Yep. Don't care. I mean, it's cool, but doesn't affect me. Don't care. So give me what I want too. like, just put as much, investment into our teams as as you do the big teams um yep. but 
we'll see how it goes. I'm really excited about the that they're going to finally be able to put one out. I think a lot of people are. And uh, if they don't, you know, have a, a accurate representation or at least a pseudo equal representation of teams like Marshall and the Appalachian States and as they do as the Alabamas and the Georgias, there's going to be a lot of people PO'd. I mean, not everybody's yeah. an Alabama fan. Not everybody's an Ohio State fan. That's right. I mean – What'd you say? Long, I said they've had years to get this right. Years. I mean, yeah, had a long time to think about it. Yeah, they've had a long time to get it right, and they're still and it's not out, so it's not like it's coming out next week, and we got to right. see what it's like. They still have tons of time, tons of time to get it even more right. So, yep. pressure's on EA. Don't let us down. I mean, if you're gonna charge me freaking hundred bucks for this game, which is probably you're gonna do, then uh, yeah make my money worth it because I'm going to have to go out and invest in a new brand new deck on console to go with it. It's going to be a $600 investment trace just so I can yeah. play some freaking college football again. God. Yeah. Well, let's look, let's take it around the herd. Okay. Uh, got a little bit of news from around the athletic department. I'll let you touch in on some of this stuff too. Cause Hey, we're building fans here. I know you're a football fan. I know you're a basketball fan, but we're trying to make you a baseball fan, softball fan sure. and every other fan that, th that we have. So Going to get a little uh, little news around the herd. Let's start with the baseball team. Junior Luke Edwards from Myrtle Beach was named first team All-Conference USA. Congratulations to Luke. You, if you've listened to the show, we've uh, talked about him and his amazing 61-game on-base streak for the herd. I mean, they only played 50-some games this year, so it stretched back to last year. He came within a few games of uh, that streak lasting this whole season as well. But, man. Uh, 61 game on base streak aside, Luke still batted 364, which was third in Conference USA, first on Marshall's team, obviously. 84 hits led Conference USA and Marshall, of course, and 56 RBI ranked him first on the herd roster. And he was tied for first with 13 home runs. So a very, 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 very bright spot for Marshall baseball this, uh, this season. And if we're lucky, we'll have him back in Huntington for one more year. First year of Sunbelt Baseball, which uh, should uh, take us up a notch a little bit, a little bit more heated regional rivalries and things like that. So having Luke in the lineup will be big, 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 big. Um, one more note from the baseball team. Announcement of a transfer I saw on social media. Infielder Trevor Thomas from Potomac State announced his transfer to Marshall. He's a six foot three, 210 pounder from Wheeling. He was listed as a sophomore on the 2021 Potomac State roster. He batted 351 with an on-base percentage of 433. So welcome to the herd, Trevor. Trace, um, I know you probably don't watch a lot of herd baseball, and a lot of that is probably because there's not a stadium to watch herd baseball at currently, which we are all hoping, I got our fingers crossed, will change in very short order. Uh, but but uh what do you what what excites you about uh if anything really i'm not trying for you to manufacture a comment here but what what excites you about marshall baseball moving forward into the Sun Belt versus where it was in the conference usa which we all know was a very good baseball league yeah more. so what 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 uh excites you about the move to the sbc i mean even though the old dominion and southern miss are coming along for the ride and they're we're bringing two super good programs along with us so what about yeah. the what about the move in baseball uh, or <laughs> what about baseball in general? 
Well, it's a great – I think it's a great move for baseball. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, we've seen over the years Conference USA be very competitive in, in baseball and, like, very highly ranked teams and a lot of success, you know, and all that. You know, Marshall's had – I remember a few years ago Marshall, like, was within one game or so of winning the Conference USA regular season title. I think it was, like, 2016. And, like, they've had some moments here and there, but for the most part, you know, the facil- the, the facilities and the and – the, things the limitations that are holding them back i think are definitely evident yeah. and i think that's something that is getting remedied hopefully now yeah. i mean if they ever get this stinking stadium built i don't know but i mean they announced it that was early 2019 they announced all this so like i mean of course covid has thrown a wrinkle in it and what and whatever else i don't even know don't even don't know what all the particulars about it, but like it hasn't happened yet. But like I think the last I saw, they were they were supposed to have it open by what 24, 23. I don't know when the exact date is, but I can tell you that there have been several significant hurdles that have been jumped. So now we are further down the process. It's not just we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, kind of kicking the can yeah. down the road. It 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 is a little more imminent now than it was. So um, some of the buildings are being torn down, you know, the ACF stuff is all coming down. Like there's, you know, the the site has been changed now. It's going to go behind the softball stadium. So you're going to have those two areas kind of together so they can hopefully build, build a nice uh, practice facility. That's just for those two programs, which would be great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we're all the same when we say we just want to see it. Like, show me some right. dirt, show me some dirt moving, and then I'll start to really get excited, you know. But uh, you, you can't, you just cannot gloss over the job that uh, Coach Wags has done to keep this program competitive despite yeah. the sheer lack of facilities. I mean, this, it, it, that is, we've seen it with the soccer program. You build a great stadium, you hire the right guy, you get the players in. And then the success and the fans follow. We see it with the softball program. You build the dot. You start getting the coaches in there. You get the players in there. You get success in there. And people start to rally around that program. And I think the baseball program is is primed to do that same thing. They are – I don't want to call them a sleeping giant yet because there are a lot of heavy hitters that they're going to go up against in Sunbelt. But, you know, you continue to make the right steps and just get a damn stadium built. Everything will be great. Um, Agreed. More football news, Trace. This is good stuff for you. A couple game times were announced this week for Herd Football. So the home opener against Norfolk State set for a three thirty kick. Uh, it'll get that game will be on ESPN three, not not Facebook Live, not gas station television, uh, not Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's going to be on ESPN three. Uh, so you'll have a afternoon game for the home opener. Should be a gorgeous day in Huntington in early September, and also the midweek. Uh, our only midweek against Louisiana at the Joan has been announced to be a 7.30 kickoff. That's in mid-October. So, woo, 7.30 in mid-October. We'll see how that goes. Uh, could could be chilly. Could be great. Could be great. Yeah, you never know. You never know. But that game will be on ESPN2, Trace. Moving up in the world here. Yes, sir. So, um, you can start to get your tailgate plans together. Um, with these couple of games, more games will be announced. Of course, Notre Dame will be announced shortly. We just got to see, you know, obviously it'll probably be on NBC, but oh, just yeah. what time? And then the conference slated games will. What's that? I think it's 2.30. Cool. I have not seen that. So if it's at 2.30, is that Central or is that 2.30 Eastern, you think? Uh, I'm not sure. For some yeah. reason I saw 2.30, I'm not sure what. 
But. Okay. Well, that might be that that is p- potentially floating around out there. I just hadn't seen it. So potentially yeah. three games got a time set already, um, and more to come as the conference you know irons these sort of things out. Uh, heard single day summer camps are coming up on each of the next four Sundays, starting June 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th. These one-day camps will be for grades 9 through 2nd year JUCO. Uh, for 20 bucks each, you can find the links you know, on uh, the Herd Football pages uh, to uh, fill out and register and pay and all that good stuff. So if you're interested in coming to one of the Herd summer camps, one-day camps, they're coming up quick next Sunday, starting off. And um, – running for the next month through the month of June. So get out there and get seen by some high-quality coaches. Maybe earn yourself a roster spot. Now, the big news for Herd football, a trio, Trace, of transfers announced this week. So Huff continues to hit the transfer portal like he's uh, in a boxing session or something. I mean, he is just punching away at this bad boy, um, strengthening the Herd, attempting to strengthen the Herd at a number of key positions. This time it was offensive line and a couple of defensive backs. Huff is putting it out there. No position is safe. And, you know, that's, right. that's the kind of mentality I like to see out of my head coach. He's making the guys work. He's making them compete. Nobody probably is that comfortable. So good, good. That, that usually means you get the best out of everybody when there's uh, something to lose on the line. So this time uh, the week started off with offensive lineman Tim Lawson from Fort Washington, Maryland. The Louisville transfer listed as six foot five, two hundred seventy eight pounds. He was listed as a freshman on the twenty twenty one Louisville roster. Twenty four seven Sports transfer portal shows him as immediate eligibility, even though it does not show him as transferred to Marshall yet. It still shows him like, oh, he's still in the portal. Um, last week's episode, I alluded to a prospect that if it was the guy who I thought it was, it could be a immediate impact player for the herd at a critical position. And this is exactly who I was alluding to. I just didn't say the name because they hadn't announced. It wasn't really out there. I wasn't so much afraid of being wrong as I wanted to give those guys the opportunity to get the news out there. You know, Um, yeah, that was just speculation on my part. Like, yeah, if it's this guy, then great. And that's who it turned out to be. So that's now three, three offensive linemen in the portal. Uh, Trent Holler from East Carolina, Cedrice Pallant, <clears throat> Pallant from uh, Rutgers, and now Tim Lawson from Louisville. I mean, lost a lot from the, the offensive line last year. You know, we'll dive into that later in the summer when we do position group breakdowns, which I know you always love to do, Trace. Maybe we'll get, oh, you, yeah. maybe we'll get you back on there for one of those episodes. That'd be fun. You always do. There you, you always <laughs> have good stuff for that. But, yeah, you lose a Millette, you lose Ulmer, you lose Salguero. Off the starting five, I mean, it's big holes to fill and gone out and got uh, three offensive linemen out of the portal, which is always great. They've been in the college strength program for a number of years. They've adjusted to college life, all that good stuff. They've played ball. So um, now safety and two safeties. DeMarco Gibson from Waycross, Georgia, transfer from Alabama A&M, foot 175-pound junior on the 2021 Alabama A&M roster. I don't really know much. There's not a whole, whole lot out there about Mr. Gibson, but safety was a position group of concern for me since we, you know, losing Brandon Drayton, Nazi Johnson getting drafted, you know, uh, yeah. Corey McCoy out of the fold now, also exhausted eligibility. So 
you know, there was, there was holes to fill. And so we'll see if uh, DeMarco Gibson can do it. Also safety Jalen Beasley from Duluth, Georgia transferred in this week from Dodge city community college, former Troy commit on the, on the roster for Troy back in uh, part of their 2020 class. So we'll, you know, again, Huff is recruiting never stops, I guess, under coach Huff, you know, her uh, doc used to say that all the time. We recruit every day, yada, yada, yada. And, and, uh, but I don't think they attack the transfer portal the same way that the Huff and this staff are attacking the transfer portal with immediate potential immediate impact players. So three this week. I mean, what what do you think about that? What, what does that tell you? Not just this week, but you know, it's like I think it's like fifteen. I don't know the number off the top of my head. It's a lot. It's like twelve or fifteen players from the portal that they brought in. You know, versus yeah. what has gone. I think the potential for impact that has come in versus what has left is far in the benefit of the herd. I mean, the great wild card, of course, is quarterback. You know, you lose Grant Wells and you're bringing in Henry Columbia and you've got, you know, five or six freshmen on there. But as far as the transfer portal goes overall, what do you think about their their approach to the transfer portal? Their approach is exactly the approach you have to have with have it, to. in my opinion. I mean, this isn't 2016, 2017 anymore. Like, you know, this is, this is 2022. If you're not aggressively attacking – this thing every day, essentially every day, if you're not constantly looking, if you're not constantly keeping up with players, then you're going to get left behind. That's that's just the way that it is. And it's a totally different game now than it was a few years ago. And, you know, he's what, what's he been saying since day one? Close the gap. Yep. Close the gap. Well, he's trying to close the gap. And, you know, you can't – you, you got to love that. You can't fault him for going out there and trying to just add as many players that he thinks can help his team as he possibly can. And, you know, it reminds me a lot of Doc's recruiting in the first two or three years that he was at Marshall. He recruited like a madman. Mm-hmm. I mean, same thing. Same thing right now. Huff's recruiting like a madman. And, like, that's – now, and, you know, Doc never – obviously, you, obviously he didn't stop recruiting. I just don't think he recruited nearly as aggressively in the last few years as he did in the first – in the first several years compared to last several years, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, you know, you can say, and you could see that in the conference rankings with Marshall recruiting it, they went way down. You know, they were always usually top one or two in conference USA for many years in recruiting, but about 2017 onwards, it, it for some reason, they, they kind of fell off a little bit, you know, they're more middle of the pack and whatever. And I don't, you know, it's not like they were ever short on talent, but like they could have probably been doing a whole lot more. But now Huff has already got their hot. This this class right now is the highest they've ever had as far as uh, I think it was twenty four seven or I don't know if they're counting all platforms, but like the technically highest recruited class they've ever had. And then you know he he keeps hitting the portal even harder. So uh, this is exactly what needs to be done, and that's what's going to help get Marshall back to the level that they want to be at. I mean, this is how it has to be done. Yeah, it's it, we say it all the time. It's adapt or die. And if you're not willing to accept the transfer portal and utilize it as it's as it's there to be utilized, you're just going to shrivel and die on a limb. I mean, yeah. people are going to build stronger teams around you. You cannot survive on just high school recruiting alone, by and large. I mean, you might be able to, but man, it's so it's going to be so difficult when a guy can just go out and, and bring in a two-year starter from a defensive line you know, somewhere else and, and who's used to the rigors of the college athlete life. And you're going right. to bring in a fresh high school player and expect them to go nose to nose with that guy. It's, it's by and large, you're going to be at a disadvantage. So using the yep. transfer portal, 
it's just so critical and they're doing it so well. I mean, they're identifying the holes that they, you know, this is where we need to get stronger now. This is where we can afford to build a, a few years and develop guys more slowly. And that's where you're seeing the transfer portal versus the, you know, traditional high school recruiting. I just think they're doing a great job. I think they're doing a great, great job. I hope that it all translates to, you know, success on the field. And they were so close, you know, last year. It was just, it just kind of went a little off the rails a little bit towards the end of the year. And, and it is what it is, but you live and you learn. Yeah. You live and you learn, you get a little bit better. You, you tweak the system and you close the gap and here we are. So my thing is, when do we get to go from closing the gap to like making the gap larger as in we've closed on everybody else and now we're running away from them. You know what I mean? Right. So that, that, that to me will be the, the real exciting part. <laughs> Not when we're playing catch up, when we're playing keep away. <laughs> um, a little bit of yeah. softball news as well. Senior outfielder Grace Chelleman has uh, from uh, Woodhaven, Michigan is returning for one more year in Huntington, West Virginia. This is big. This is really big. Um, she's a leader, man, a worker, and an absolute spark on that ty- on that team. She's the type of player that the players like being around. The type of player that you like as your teammate. Uh, just just a just a uh, an all around great decision for Marshall softball fans to see Grace come back for another year. Um, and you know we talked about a lot of the uh, firepower that's going to be leaving the herd lineup um, from a you know power like home run standpoint, run standpoint. Well, they're you know, they're, they're, they're making some moves there. Got some other transfers coming in. And this week they also announced the transfer of pitcher Savannah Rice to Marshall from Western Carolina. But dig this, her hometown is Marshall, North Carolina. It's like Marshall, North Carolina. It might, it's like it's meant to be. But, uh, you know, she was a 2022 first team uh, all-Southern conference pitcher slash utility player at the 299 ERA, 151 strikeouts and just 168.1 innings pitched. Uh, batted 257 with an OPS of 846. She was tied for third on her team in RBIs and home runs. So good pitcher, good hitter, nice all-around player, excellent addition for the herd. Welcome to Huntington, Savannah Rice from Marshall, North Carolina. How about that? Yeah. So a little bit of a uh, little bit of dot magic returning since Grace is coming back and. The lure of Dot Magic is bringing some more new talent in. Last week or the week before last, it was uh, Emily Allen transferring in from NC State, in state girl, three time first team All Stater out of Parkersburg. And now this week, it's uh, pitcher Savannah Rice from Marshall, North Carolina, by way of Western Carolina University. Track. We mentioned track a little bit in the five things. Uh, Micah Elaine, the junior from Beckley, and Ashanti Warner, the senior from Hallandale, Florida, both competed in the 400-meter hurdles at the NCAA East Regionals. Uh, Warner was able to move on to the quarterfinals, but again, that's where her season ended. Um, And with it, again, the era of herd athletics in Conference USA. So that's the answer to your trivia question. Somewhere down the line for the million dollars, who was the last – athlete to compete for Marshall in the conference USA era. And it's Ashanti Warner, the sprinter in the 400 meter hurdles. Um, last but not definitely not least volleyball team. The little herd camp is coming up June 6th through the 10th. For more info on that email, Marshall university camps, I'm sorry, Marshall volleyball camps at gmail.com. And they tweeted 
the herd volleyball account tweeted that uh, their um, family has grown by two members for the class of 2023, but that was it. Like, mm-hmm. not no players, no nothing. Like we're keeping it under our hat. Like, come on, man, don't 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 do that to me. Tell me who it is so we can get it out there. The volleyball team. Come on. Um, Trace, it's time to get out of here. What do you got for some final thoughts this week? Final words, parting words, whatever you want to call it. Um, for our listeners on the Thundercast. Oh, I was pumped to, when you offered me to come on there for this episode. Pumped to get on here and, you know, get back to a little bit of how we how we used to do it and everything. And it was, <laughs> it's been a several well let's see november basically so however many months that is a that's lot. how long it's been yeah <laughs> since i've been on a podcast so it's cool to do that again and you know it's getting me more excited for martial athletics moving forward i mean but the sunbelt move is exciting enough in its own right whenever they talked about whenever that came out last fall and you know it's just you get so excited about the potential of what it could look like i mean the sunbelt is a better conference top to bottom than what they've been in for the last many years there's no doubt about it uh their their national profile is probably gonna go up because of it you know i mean better better tv deal better better money situation better opponents competition level better geographically there's really not a single thing that i can think of that significantly stands out as to why, or at, you know, that would make it worse than Conference USA. There's not one thing I can think of. Yeah. That's that's a downgrade. So that's a that's a great thing. Uh, you know, I think football season tickets are going to do really well this year. You know, I know you talked about that earlier with the weird end zone seats and stuff and how, whatever that might lead to. But I mean, I think the excitement level is pretty high. I mean, it was high enough. You know, it was high last year for a first year head coach. You know, but now it's going to be even higher off of the heels of a great recruiting class uh, heading into a new conference first year in a new conference new competition coming into the zone that you know really good teams so there's a lot of excitement and I think that's palpable within without the fan throughout the fan base right now and I and I hope that it just continue it will raise all the other athletic departments or athletic programs up too I mean I, it'll make them you know step up their game as well so I think it's going to it's going to lift up martial athletics. I think really good. And I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. It's a good time to be a herd fan. I've said that a number of times. It's a really good time to join the big green and help, you know, build this booster base that we have. And I've said it over and over again, I'm going to continue to say it, you know, we're entering into a conference where, you know, Marshall is entering will be alongside what they view as more aligned peers. And that means fans that care about their programs just as much as Marshall does. So you're not just going to be able to sit back and say, well, you know, we're Marshall, we care more. Now you're going to have to kind of sort of put your money where your mouth is. And that means the average fan too. So join the big green. It's five bucks a month. I mean, just get it started. Just get it started. And if you feel like, hey, I can fit a little bit more into my budget, then do that. But if you can't, then you can. It's not a big deal. But, you know, it's about building the booster base and, um, you know, providing more scholarship support for our athletes. That's what we need to be able to do. Um, so please join the big green. If you can, uh, if you're, if you're on the fence about, um, season tickets for football, mull it over a little bit and then pull the trigger, you know, like it'll cause you to want to go. You, well, we've already paid for the tickets. We, we should go. Yeah, go. Yeah. 
go. Go. Like speaking from a guy who doesn't have the ability to go every week or every home game because I'd have to schedule time off work and get a flight and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I can't do that. And I'm jealous. I'm jealous of people that can drive 20 minutes down the road, you know, yeah. on a Saturday and go. It's, it's they choose not to do that. And I'm longing that I could, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, the move to the Sunbelt is just, just, uh, just, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's great all the way around for Marshall. It's something they've needed for a long time, a breath of fresh air, um, new energy around the university, new energy around the athletic departments, new energy around the city. I mean, it's, it's, it's all spilling over into everything else. It just is like the, the buzz. And I think the timing worked out really well too, because like if they would have moved to the Sun Belt like five, six, seven years ago, that would have been a downgrade. But now, like with how it's developed and then the team that they added and like the, you know, just how competitive these teams are, I think this was the perfect time for the move. I mean, if it would have been 20, like let's just say 2013 or 14, whenever Columbus USA realigned, if they, if they would have ended up in the Sun Belt then, you would have thought, my gosh, this might as well be FCS. You know yeah. what I mean? But now yeah. you're looking at it as, well, this is one of the best group of five, if not the best group of five, besides maybe the American uh, football conference out there, you know, yeah. like it's, it's got a really high profile now. So like, I think the timing worked out. I know, I know fans probably would have liked to have seen a move before then, but you know what? Hindsight's 2020. And I think it's about the right, perfect time for it. Yeah, it, it is the right time. You're right. If this happens in 2013, 14, everybody around the fan base is probably like, what the, what are we doing? We just, we got, yeah. we, we left that, but you know, they, the, Sunbelt raised its game and they, and they became a, a great uh, conference in its own right. And I think by the time it all shakes out, you know, when the uh, UCFs and such leave for the big 12 and then, you know, the, the big bunch of conference USA team conference USA teams head to the American um, Marshall may find itself in the best division in the G five. Like when it's all said yep. and done, you know, um, and there was a little story floating around. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't really dig deep into it because I feel like it's going to unfold a little bit more, that there's some news floating around the conference as a whole, the Sunbelt Conference as a whole, that they are taking steps to elevate the perception of the basketball, men's basketball and women's basketball as a, you know, as a national type thing. They want to raise the profile, try to maybe get into that two-bid league conversation. So that can only be good. I mean, because yeah. for, for all the things that Sunbelt is, I would not say that it's, the basketball is um, on that list Great. of being awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it's nice that you can tell that there's some actual stra strategery there. <laughs> yeah. We're not playing wait and see. We're going to try to get ahead of this thing, unlike certain conference leaderships that we've had for a while who are like, well, we'll just see how it plays out. We'll just react to everything. We'll luck into two bids. That's the way it'll work out. No, we, we've yeah. got some leaders that are trying to make moves to, you know, further, further distance themselves from the remainder of the G5, which you love to see. So look, join the big green, get you some daggone season tickets. Always great to have Trace Johnson behind the mic. Um, <clears throat> I'll have to get with Russ when he gets back from his, must much needed vacation and uh, we'll see what we got lined up for position groups but uh i would like to get you back on for one of those i don't know what we have but i'd love to have you back for one of those and uh talk some in deep dive into some position groups but look we got to thank our sponsors 304carwreck.com for bringing you the thundercast each week 
Um, much love to those guys. Please go find them on Facebook, like their Facebook page, and visit 304carwreck.com. And can't forget about Ignite Link for um, sponsoring the five things segment. We love those guys too. So if you're in need of IT services in the tri state region, please go to Ignite Link and see if they're the guys that can help you out. I bet you that they are. So until next week, we're going to get the heck out of here. It's the Thundercast. Find us on Twitter, follow us, and please, please share the content with your friends and let's grow this base. We're out of here. Trace, later. Later.